All right, hockey fans, listen up because we've got something special cooked up for playoff season. It's called the Daily Faceoff Playoff Parlay Challenge, and it's going to add some serious spice to your playoff experience. Now, here's the deal every playoff game, you're going to be faced with a handful of questions. It's like your own personal playoff puzzle, and it's free to join. And there are prizes because who doesn't love winning stuff? Daily winners, you're getting hooked up with gift cards. Treat yourself to some nation gear or maybe even your favorite jersey. And for the big dogs, the people who can win an entire round, it's straight, cold, hard cash. We're talking about real dough for your hockey knowledge. So lace up those skates, stretch those thumbs, and get ready to show off your hockey IQ in the daily face-off playoff parlay challenge. Sign up today and play every game day at games.dailyfaceoff.com and prove your puck prowess. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates, like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com achieve today. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. The first selection of the National Hockey League draft belongs to... The Daily Faceoff podcast comes to you courtesy of the Nation Network. The first overall pick in the 2015 NHL draft. Gretzky had it, lost it, Eisenman picks it up. Eisenman holding, blue line, jam, stop! And it's 9 o'clock on a Saturday night as you're lining up for a ginger ale. Way to go, gang. Into the zone, Sikora picked it up, got it back, near side, Korea. Korea, the fans want one. Daily Face-Off. The Daily Face-Off. The Daily Face-Off podcast with your host, Brock Sagan. Welcome, ladies and gentlemen, to Season 3, Episode 19 of the Daily Face-Off podcast brought to you by MyBookie.ag. I'm your host, Brock Segan, and we're going to be doing things a little bit differently this week. Uh, joining me for the first half is Michael Biebs Bondi. How's it going, Biebs? Uh Good. I showed up for the first leg of the race. Um... Not that I couldn't show up for the second, just, uh, you know, it's just, well, I couldn't, um, I'm working tomorrow, so it kind of sucks, but we're here, and we're splitting it up, um, it's okay, I'm just, I missed E, you know. <laughs> yeah, so Dylan uh, had a previous commitment, uh, I think, to school tonight, so he couldn't yes. be here for the first half, and End then of the semester. he can do it tomorrow morning, and Biebs can't, so we're going to do the first half yeah. uh, with myself and Biebs, and then in the second half, uh, yours truly with Dylan D. Berthium, so the good news is, you don't miss me at all uh, but I'm sure you guys would rather hear these two go at it anyways. A whole lot of Brock. A whole yes. lot of Brock. No surprise there but uh, yeah so this week we're going to be talking about in the first half here we're going to get there's just so many goalie injuries right now uh, all over the league there's about 
eight to ten goalies that are out right now most of them are out for a prolonged period of time as well so Biebs and I are going to dive in and talk about some of the guys that you can look to target on the waiver wire uh, to help you kind of bridge the gap until your you know your number one or number two fantasy netminder gets back uh, because there are a number of really quality options out there to kind of help over the next coming weeks uh, and then we're also going to talk about some buy low candidates uh, Biebs and I will and then in the second half uh, Dylan and I will talk about uh, sell high candidates so you can kind of uh, we'll tie them in together like that uh, but then we also did our yearly all-star fantasy draft this afternoon and so we're going to talk a little bit about our teams uh, we tweeted out our teams earlier today so if you want to kind of just take a look at those while we Which, talk it might be a little bit should easier we tell to... them how uh how, how the vote's going because i think i'm absolutely crushing it right now yeah so we ended up uh tweeting out the teams and we did a poll on who everybody thought uh was you know had the best team and i went and checked it about four hours into the poll and at the time i had a commanding lead like 68 percent of the votes at the time Psh. and then i don't know what happened all of a sudden you guys just came roaring the people back spoke. and then went yeah, and then when the poll ended, it was the tightest race I've ever seen. Uh, Biebs ended up with 34% of the votes, <laughs> and then Dylan and I each with 33%. So uh, Biebs has the Way slight up, edge according, according to the fan vote, but if uh, my memory serves me correct... I absolutely mollywopped you guys last year in, oh, yeah. in this contest. So, um, no, I'm a total fan hilarious. favorite. Fans love me, but like once they realize what I do out there, they're like, "Oh god, like this guy's not <laughs> not very good." It's kind of like know, my life. I I was looking at like the uh, like the late rounds, and I I picked up Seth Jones, and I I can't remember exactly, but I'm pretty sure he absolutely dominated last year and basically like won me the entire yeah, thing so that means he was... already proved himself he's not gonna he's not gonna do it this year way to go brock <laughs> yeah. he's thinking. just gonna be a total bust this yeah. year it's all about the new guys trying to show off my team is so young that's what i was thinking so yeah that's that's kind of i think what we all try to do people that are going to be trying to prove their point uh, in their first all-star game but anyway no john we'll scotts in... so yeah no freebies <laughs> we'll get into our all-star teams a little bit later in the episodes but uh first let's start off with the goalies and all the injuries going on there and who we can kind of target to replace these guys in the short term so i'm just going to go ahead and quickly here give you guys a rundown of all these goalie injuries uh, because there is a bunch of them uh reminder Corey crawford is out in indef- indefinitely excuse me uh with vertigo like symptoms however a couple weeks ago when we talked about this it sounded like he was going to be out for the season but it's uh things are sounding a little bit more positive right now he might not be totally done for the year but again still kind of up in the air there uh martin jones is going to miss his fourth consecutive game tonight which is thursday uh with an undisclosed injury not a lot's being said uh it kind of leads me to believe that it's in you know of the minor variety and they're just kind of letting aaron dell run with it because he's playing so well uh, but I know you're going to talk about that a little bit later. So anyways, though, I would look for Jones to maybe be back shortly after the All-Star break ends. Obviously, for a lot of these guys, this this week off helps a lot. Uh, helps you guys as well because it's a week you don't have to go without uh, your number one or number two netminder. Uh, in New Jersey, they're missing both of their starting goalies right now. Corey Schneider is day-to-day with a groin injury. He suffered in the first period the other day. Uh, so Ken Appleby uh, gets the start tonight Great name. against the Bruins. Um, and then Keith Kincaid, he got hurt. Um, he was he played three in a row while Corey Schneider was ill. And Kincaid actually played pretty admirably, filled in pretty well. But then he got hurt in the first period uh, you know, over the weekend. Appleby actually came in and stopped all 24 shots he saved. Uh, I'm not sure how the game is going tonight yet, but... 
Uh, as it stands, Appleby has yet to allow a goal on, I believe, thirty the first 30 shots he's faced, but he has a stiff test against the Bruins tonight. Oh, he's never let I, one in. No. Uh, your boy, Semyon Varlamov, is expected to start facing shots after the All-Star break. He did get onto the ice today. He shared a net with Andrew Hammond, but it was kind of just like a mobility type of thing. Uh, he's expected to kind of join full practice or, or at least limited practice and uh, face some shots after the break, which is good news for the Avs. But obviously, absolutely no need to rush him back the way uh, Jonathan Bernier is playing in net right now. Uh, both goalies, kind of similar to New Jersey, uh, in Florida are injured as well. James Reimer will miss at least two weeks after pulling his groin on Wednesday. Um Sorry, Tuesday. And then the Panthers hope that Roberto Luongo, who's been sidelined for a lengthy period of time, uh, will be back in practice next week after the All-Star break. Similar status to Semyon Varlamov, but a little bit more urgency, obviously, in Florida. They have turned to <laughs> Hari Satari uh, for the for the time being. Another great name. If anything, yeah. these injuries have just given us phenomenal names. We get Appleby, we get Hari Satari. I like it. Hari Satari sounds like he should be like a, like an EDM uh, like musician or whatever you want to call those guys. He should be like up there at the top of the stage, just going crazy. Hari Satari just sounds like Tossing somebody's just bangers. about to drop. Yeah, just mad EDM bangers. He kind of uh, looks like last... he could be a DJ too. I don't know if anyone has the time <laughs> to he? Google him. Yeah, that's where we'll leave it. <laughs> that's hilarious. And then the last one is Steve Mason is out definitely with a concussion. Uh, that one doesn't really affects fantasy as much because he has been the number two for the majority of the year Connor Hellebuck all-star uh has been kind of you know taking the ball there and run with it so uh Biebs we'll start with you because I know you kind of are going to talk about the backups for all of these injured guys a little bit more and then I'm going to go in depth with uh, some some guys from other teams that are worth targeting on the wire so why don't you talk you know talk about their backups a bit Okay. Uh, well, one guy you mentioned kind of early with with an injury that we're not really too sure what's going on is Martin Jones. And uh, as you mentioned, they're just kind of letting Aaron Dell run with it right now because he's been playing so well. Um, if you can still get Dell in your leagues, he is uh, he automatically becomes a nice number two goalie. I'd consider him. Um, he's got 12 wins on the year, a 9.23 save percentage. He's probably the best replacement goalie out there as far as backups that are now um, stepping up for this next week at least. Um, this is a guy who at the beginning of the year, uh, San Jose was planning on just kind of letting play and then throwing him out to the wolves, trading him for anything they could get, um, in the, or once the trade deadline came around, but now they kind of have to keep him just because of how Martin Jones has been playing as well as the injuries. Um, you never really know. So Aaron Dell is looking like a guy we've talked about him a lot, so I don't kind of want to bark up the same tree, but, um, but he's, he's a guy that if, if you haven't listened to Brock, because I know this is your guy, Brock, if you haven't listened to Brock, start listening, um, scoop him up. He makes it, he could fill out your goal tending for uh, the next little bit. Um, and uh, he's only 51% owned in all the Yahoo leagues, so that means he's probably out there in some of them. Um, and then another guy that I wanted to touch upon too, um, he just got off a pretty pretty awesome nine-game win streak. Um, it's Jonathan Bernier in Colorado. We've we've talked about it for um, the last couple weeks just because who isn't talking about the avalanche this little, last little bit. Um, Bernier for me, though, he's someone who – He's kind of um, before he before he started this this nice run, which has been phenomenal. He's played great. Uh, before he started this, he did have a save percentage below 900. Um, so I would not be surprised if he kind of you know fell back down to earth and uh, and kind of you know he isn't as much of a number one fantasy goalie that he has been in the last week, but he still can be a nice number two or three goalie. F- to fill out your roster right now. So he's right there behind Dell for me. Um, but Brock, I know you have some guys who 
aren't necessarily taking over for injured players. Um, but um, also, just with the Bernier situation, uh, when Varlamov does come back, it, it is Varlamov's crease, so you know he's going to lose some fairness value. But Bernier's got a couple more weeks, I think, so definitely worth something for the next little bit. See, and I'm kind of... I was inclined to say the same thing at first, but, I mean, the way he's played, I think it would be hard to take it away from him. Like, he's literally... Yeah. I, I was going to say single-handedly, but that's obviously not been the case because Nathan McKinnon has almost been single-handedly doing it himself. But, the you know, that duo, that top line and Bernier, I mean, that team you know, as a whole is playing much better. But, I mean, that's yeah. kind of been the driving force in this whole win streak. And it, They're definitely not it, just going to shelf Varlamov, though. Like, yeah, ex- yeah, no, for sure. But It'll like at least be a split. They've single-handedly just, you know, dragged this team into playoff contention, which is, it's just insane what they've been able to do, and it's, it's they're just so much fun to watch again. Like, we kind of saw this a couple years ago where they were, you totally know, they were, this, they were the just year. so excited. You did. You said they'll be this year's Maple Leafs, and it's kind of no, Actually, I gave that to Jersey, but I, oh, I sent out a tweet. Oh. I sent out a tweet, and I don't know, I'll find it, but it said something along the lines of, like, people who think that Colorado's going to be this bad again, like, like you're out of your mind because they're just too good. Last year was a total fluke of a season, and they, they are talented, they're fast, and they're proving it. Then I honestly, like, yes, I'm surprised, but I'm not that surprised. Um, I'm just surprised that they're doing it with Bernier, I guess. Would be. Yeah, no, he... You know, but he's always been a pretty solid goaltender, just yep. not, like, amazing. So he's going to... I. I think that he'll get more starts than people think once Varlamov's back. I think it'll be almost close to an even split, especially just because it seems like Varlamov has such a difficult time staying healthy. Yeah. So maybe if they, you know, limit his workload, they'll be able to, you know, keep him healthier. But they'll obviously, you know, the way things are going, they're looking like they could be a playoff team, and they'll obviously have to figure out which guy they want to lean on uh, heading into the playoffs. And even though... Bernier's done all this, you know, it's you, you find it hard to believe that it wouldn't be Varlamov, at least, you know, say game one or something, yeah. but that is still a long ways away. Uh, as for Dell, I basically told people to pick him up before he was like a thing, and it was ba- only because yeah, he's he had only good numbers at the time, he had good numbers at the time, but it was only because of the way that the Sharks' schedule was laid out. I think at the time they had four back-to-backs in four consecutive weeks, so I was like, this guy's going to get at least one start every week. And then he he did, and he went 4-0, I think with like two shutouts. And he, he just has not looked back since. I uh, had a bit of a hiccup there on Tuesday, but, uh, you know, every goalie is going to go through a rough patch. Prior to that, he'd won four in a row. So he's been he's been hot. Like, he, he gets hot, he'll lose one, then he'll go on another four-game winning streak. So lots to like about Dell right now, too. Uh, for me, though, a couple other guys that are not related uh, to these other teams with all these banged-up goalies uh, is Antti Rant is the guy I'm going to start with. He's only 23% owned. I actually talked about Rant a few weeks ago, and I told you guys to pick him up, and he's been on a tear ever since. Uh, I've been getting lucky with these goalie pickups this year so far, but his own percentage still under 25%, so that tells me one of two things. Either A, people just didn't listen to me, or B, not enough people listen to this show. Uh, I'm hoping that it was A. I think it's, it's B. <laughs> It could be B2. Uh, it might be a combination of the two. But since the calendar flipped yeah, to January, Ranta has gone 3-1-3 three, three with a 192 goals against average and a 934 save percentage in seven starts. Just one regulation loss in his last seven. Uh, goals against under two and a save percentage above 930. That's just... that's. Insane numbers. Yeah, uh, the Coyotes are starting to play a lot better. Ranta looks locked in. Kind of, this is more what I expected out of Ranta at the start of the year. He's he had a you know a sluggish start, had some injuries, 
that team was just playing terribly, but they are playing much better now. They're, they're really going down to the wire every game, but it obviously starts with the goaltending. Uh, he's been, he's kind of been holding teams to like two goals every single game, uh, at least for the last four. He's literally only allowed four or two goals in each of his last four starts. And it's like, it's basically a race to three goals in Arizona right now. So, um, you know, the one thing that makes him the most intriguing option uh, if somebody like Bernier is not available is because he's the bona fide number one starter in Arizona. It's hard to find a guy that's going to start 70% of the team's games moving forward. It's just, it's just there's a very few and far between on the waiver wire. Uh, but there's a, a couple other guys that I like that are uh, either already locked in a timeshare or at least approaching a timeshare at this point. Uh, the first one is UC Soros at 11% owned. And look, my love affair with UC Sarios has been well documented on this show before. <laughs> I talk about him a lot. I've talked about him very highly in the past. Uh, I was calling for him to be the, the Preds starter as early as last year, and then I got ridiculed when Rene went on an absolute heater during the playoffs. But, I mean, whatever. That's going to happen. Uh, but yeah. Saros really had a dreadful start to this season. But a couple trips to the minors, he seems to have regained some confidence. He he's playing at a, in the minors too. Yeah, and he's playing at a really high level right now. Uh, he'll never fully supplant Pecorine, I don't think, this year. Uh, he's obviously just kind of waiting in the wings until that contract's up. But he can make this a timeshare. He kind of already has these past few weeks. And if you just look at his last eight starts, similar to Antiranta, 4-1-3, just one regulation loss with a 149 goals against average, 956 save percentage, and three shutouts. Just electric numbers from a guy that's only, you know, available in, in almost 90% of leagues right now. So, uh, you know, this is this is a nice one. I, I He's a guy you can add as your number three, number four if you want. He might only see one start a week. If you know he plays well on that start, he might see a second one. He's never going to see three starts in a week. It's just not going to happen while Rene's healthy. But it, he's seemingly going in there and giving you just a great outing every single time he gets the call. Both of those guys, really. Yeah. Uh, and Rene is and now, he's, he's 35. I mean, he, as a goalie, that the season's going to wear and tear on him. Not not saying he's going to get injured because you hate calling that, but you know that's when the splits are really going to start to show for Saros, I think. So they're only going to go up from here, like you said. Um, you know, 35 is an old, old. That's an old rig. Yeah, it's, it's getting up there. Obviously, he'll enjoy the uh, the bye week as or sorry, not the bye week, but the All Star break as much as anybody. Uh, so, you know, I, I like Saros moving forward quite a bit. Uh, and then this guy falls on the same boat as well. He's a little bit riskier to me, but uh, Peter Morazic, 19% owned. Uh, he's really had a strange career to this point. A few years ago, he looked like a high-end starter. He had top five goals against average and save percentage for the better part of the season before he just absolutely shit the bed uh, down the stretch. But he came into the next year like, okay, this, you know, this, you know, Morazic can just build off what he did last year and he shit the bed again terrible season and then this year the Red Wings were just reluctant to give him any playing time early on uh, it's changed a bit recently Mrazic started uh, three of the last six games including uh, tonight's game where Jimmy Howard started versus Chicago but Mrazic is 2-1-0 with a 1-0-0 goals against average 968 save percentage and two shutouts over that stretch so he started against Chicago shut him out then they went back to Howard for two in a row made no sense and Howard got shelled 
So they went back to Marazzi. <laughs> he posted another shutout. So then they started him on back-to-back nights. Again, it makes no sense. Like, Blashill just has no clue how to handle this. But uh, the Red Wings, I think, are going to at least try to move him at the deadline, especially with all these goalie injuries around the NHL. Yeah. So How did Vegas not take him? Like, can we step back to that? I still don't. Anyways. You know what? They look smarter than us, though, right now. I mean, took Stefan Nosen instead, right? Yeah, Thomas Nosek. Or Thomas Nosek. And he has, he's Different done, player. well, he's hurt now, but he's not Both been. Both AHLers. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I mean, Nosek's pretty solid, but it was just, a, it was a surprising move for me, uh, for sure. Obviously, Subban's worked out very well for them, but I mean, he did, they didn't Picard even take did him into the draft, so. Yeah, um, Picard did not. <laughs> no, but the Red Wings, are, like I said, are at least going to try to move him, so I could see them trying to give him a couple starts here. Uh, in the next couple weeks leading up to the February, I think, 26th trade deadline. So, you know, they're going to try to build his trade value a little bit. And where things get interesting is if he does get dealt to a team that is in need of a, a, a minor, say, Chicago, uh, where he could become the number one, he you know, he gains even more fantasy value. So uh, there's, I kind of like Mrazek as just kind of a stash right now. You know, if you just have that room to stash them, say one of these guys, you're an owner of one of these, you know, Rhymer or something, right? You want to just put him on IR, stash Marazic, you know, start him if he has a good matchup or whatever. And then maybe he gets traded to a, to a contender and uh, his value go- goes up even more. But even if he stays in Detroit, they're still, like I've said before, they're not a terrible team. They're right in the middle. If he's got a decent matchup, you plug him in. If he's got a terrible matchup, matchup you leave him on the bench. It's just as simple as that. It's active managing. But, uh... Speaking of active management, active managers make trades. And active <laughs> managers make good trades for players whose stock is on the... I guess I shouldn't say stock is on the decline. Their stock appears to be on the decline, but it's kind of just a farce. And we see right through it. So let's talk about Biebs, a couple buy-low candidates. Guys that you think owners are ready to give up a little bit cheaper than they should. That you still think hold a ton of value moving forward uh, into the fantasy playoff stretch run here. Yeah. Okay, for me, the first one is uh, someone we mentioned a little bit this year, and, and we probably should talk about him a lot. It's uh, Mitch Marner out in Toronto. Um, I'm going to finally take a Toronto take just because D's not here, and you know, I've been waiting. <laughs> he'll be, but he'll no, be happy to hear it. <laughs> Mitch Marner is a guy that uh, he's frustrated a lot of owners this year, and uh, and he's apparently frustrated Mike Babcock quite a bit because he's been on the fourth line for uh for a little bit this year, and, and fourth-line players don't bode well on fantasy teams, um, which makes him a perfect buy-low target because um, people – there's nothing better than taking a guy off someone's hands who has just pissed them off but who's way better than they think, um, and that's where Mitch Marner kind of comes in for me. He's got seven goals, 26 assists this year through 50 games. Um, but the thing is, he's got it, his numbers are actually crazy. I, I I couldn't believe it until I started putting it together. Um, he has 107 shots right now, which puts him on pace for 176 on the year, which would be the exact same amount as he had last year. So he clearly just hasn't improved, but hasn't gotten worse as far as the shooting department goes. And that was one part that you know Babcock kind of wanted him to step up. So kind of hoping the second half. Um, he, he improves there. But the one thing about Marner, I, I can't believe I didn't start off and mention this, is he's now up on the second line playing with Patrick Marlowe and uh, Nazim, or Nazim Kadri. Um, Nazim. He, uh, Nazim, you know, I, whatever. <laughs> um, so he, uh, he scored a goal last night, his first game on that line, played 17 minutes. Um, that's pretty nice fantasy, uh, or a pretty nice fantasy outlook, um, at least for the, the first night trial of it. Um, he's, I don't think he's going to, if he does go back to that fourth line, it's so dumb, but I don't think he will. He has way too much talent. Um, and to put up seven goals and 26 assists while playing fourth line minutes for 
uh, would you say a third of the year so far? Yeah, um, that's pretty crazy. Um, just to have those numbers. Uh, I mean, he is a power play guy. He's he's now on the second power play, and someone who I could definitely see working his way. You know. Nah, maybe not working his way in the top power play, but but anyways, Toronto does. Well, seem they kind of just they, the, the they one go thing ahead, about one, their two, power yeah. play is they just don't change. Yeah, it's the power yeah, plays just don't change. And it's a one-two, so they they yeah. kind of you know, so he is going to get out there a lot. We do like power power play guys. Someone where if you could trade a bottom of your roster player um, for him, definitely try to work on that. Now that he's up on that second line, I see him definitely improving on his numbers. Um, his assists are on pace to tie the exact same amount as last year as well. Um, so again, you know, he's kind of doing the same thing he did last year, but, um, but I do, I did like what Marner did last year. A lot of us wanted him to improve. He really hasn't, which is good for people who are looking to grab him for the last little stretch of the year. Um, and again, Toronto is a, a high scoring team and, and this guy is, he's, he's so nasty out there. He can put points on the board by himself easily night in and night out, especially getting top six minutes. Yeah. The one thing I'll say is that Babcock kind of alluded to the fact that this might be a short-term thing because he said that he wanted to get he wanted to match up better I guess with the likes of the Blackhawks and the Stars here on their yeah, two-game the trip and, that, and then yeah. he was talking about moving Komarov back to that line when they return home but that said Marner looked good there yesterday that line played well uh me and D were talking about it it is a 17 17- percent difference in terms of course rating with Marlowe and Kadri without Komarov like their yeah. their course goes from like a like a 46 to like a 65 in just by losing that guy so maybe it it, it goes well and you know Babcock because this is what everybody's been clamoring for all season like put these guys with skilled players and see what happens and it, you you saw the result yesterday Komarov, you know, he is much more, he's much better suited for that fourth line role at this point. Like he's, he's kind of like he, he's very reminds me a lot of like Justin Abdicator. Like they're they can score, they can piss people off. They can, know hit, they can play can physical. Score, they can like they can a little bit, but like they're not that good. They don't need to be playing those big minutes. They're just not that good. Um, so hopefully this does work for for Marner but even still like when he was on that Bozak and Van Reems like line even if that's where he goes after this he can still do a lot of damage there uh Marner has better days ahead of him obviously I think he's you know I think the whole team kind of went through a bit of a slump there and I think there are better days ahead here uh, for the Maple Leafs uh, they got you know they're not like in any danger of you know missing the playoffs because the Atlantic is so poop but they still need to at least get things going offensively because they've been you know they've been slowing down quite a bit over the last couple weeks so uh, I hope that Babcock's smart enough to leave him there because that's definitely where he's going to thrive. Uh, for me, a guy that I definitely want to see in a better situation is Mikhail Sergachev. There's no doubt this is a tough time for Sergachev owners because Victor Hedman is out with an injury. Sergachev was expected to play massive minutes and anchor that top power play in, in Hedman's absence. It happened for a few games. Yep. <laughs> and now he's been a healthy <laughs> scratch for two games yep. in a row. Regardless, he is going to get back in the lineup eventually so his owners so you right now like here's how it stands and it's kind of perfect he's literally the perfect buy low candidate right now because yep. he's been healthy scratch for two games people i tweeted him. i tweeted it out twice people are like losing their shit about it they can't even believe like what oh my god this is the worst now they get to stew about it over the break they, they don't you don't have a one day window where like they play on saturday and he might be back in the lineup where they'll be like oh phew 
you have a whole weekend where they're going to think maybe he'll be a healthy scratch next week and you can target him and try to trade for him over an entire weekend. It's the perfect opportunity. Um, mm-hmm. He is going to get back on him, though, obviously. So yeah. try to get them to give up on him now. He has a 53.8 Corsi 4, a great 2.4 relative Corsi, which is very impressive on one of the NHL's best squads, maybe the NHL's best squad. Um, and they are, there are just really are no serious red flags when you look up and down his numbers. Uh, his on-ice shooting percentage, solid. His shoot, his act, you know, personal shooting percentage might take a bit of a hit. I think it's at 8.8% right now, which is high for a defenseman, but it's not like out of this world. Uh, so there's no real red flags. It's like he's going to slow down. He's up there in, de- in defensive scoring. He's very, very talented. And look, Hedman is still going to be sidelined for multiple weeks after this. So he's going to continue to get ample opportunities to, you know, at least uh, to anchor that top power play, to play, you know, 20 minutes a night. Uh, you know, I think they're just, this is just a way for him to kind of reset. You know, he's a rookie still. You got you to remember that. They got a whole week off. I think John Cooper's just given him a way to reset after, you know, he's only had, I think, two assists in his last eight games or something like that. So a bit of a way to reset him. So I like, I, I you know, I would be offering everything I got right now for Sergeyev, especially teams in need of uh, help on the blue line. But uh, do you have another buy low to talk about? Yeah, um, for me, it's um, kind of attacking the same categories. You are um, blue line help, and I'm going to go with um, Oliver Ekman Larson. We're getting to that point of the year where you know trade talks are starting to get nice and juicy, um, and what <laughs> that means is we start to make assumptions about guys we're going to move places that will up their fantasy value, and we hope that it turns out better than Matt Duchesne. Um, <laughs> so <laughs> last year we were saying you know pick up Duchesne, or tr- trade for Duchesne. He's going to go somewhere and kill it. Um, he never did. So this year, I'm saying trade for Oliver Ekman Larson. Um, I think he's going to go somewhere and do a lot better than he currently is. Um, Oliver Ekman Larson, right now, is probably borderline ownable in a 12-team league. We did tra- we did talk about someone ready to drop last last week, I believe, and I mentioned yep. his name. Um, I mentioned his name, but then now that I think about it, um, if if you need help on the back end and you can afford to keep someone like Oliver Ekman Larson for. Uh, you know, maybe a couple weeks while he's on Arizona um, before he gets traded. Uh, he's definitely worth worth ke- keeping an eye on and trying to trade someone who's just a bottom of your roster defenseman. That's that's what I'm shooting for. Don't trade anyone of value. Um, this guy always tends to carry more value than he should, at least over the last couple of years. Um, I'm not sure if you agree with me, Brock, but I just feel like, you know, when you've only had one season over 50 points in your career, you probably shouldn't be taken as one of the top 10 defensemen um, in fantasy hockey, but he always tends to be. Regardless, um, there is a lot of weight on him in Arizona. If all of, if Ekman Larson could get moved to a team that need, or, uh, that has a defensive defenseman who can take on top pairings, um, somewhere where he can go and just be a power play specialist, he becomes an automatic, almost number two, questionable number one defenseman on your team. Um, he... I think where a lot of his fantasy value drew from was his two 20-goal seasons um, in 14-15 and 15-16, which getting 20 goals from the point is huge. Ekman Larson can get back to that again. He only has eight this year, um, but if he joins a, again a lethal power player team where you know that's all he has to do, and he gets put in those perfect situations, um, he can become just a stud. If the trade deadline passes in real hockey and you still have him on your team, I'm going right back to the theory of drop him so fast if he's on Zona. But if he goes somewhere nice, um, that just it could almost double his value right now because um, his value is not really there. I'm a bit stunned, actually. Yeah. I'm a bit stunned by this take. Uh, I absolutely love 
all over Eric Millars and yeah. always have. All over I, I thought is, I did. Is an absolute stud. Uh, the two twenty goal years were fantastic. Uh, everybody kind of expected him to replicate, you know, continue that, keep that going uh, last year. And then his shots were just, ex- you know, so down, and that yeah. really hurt him. But his shots are back up this year. He's been affected by a low shooting percentage, uh, but even at his, you know, his career shooting percentage of seven point six, he'd be on pace for just fifteen goals, uh, which is, you know, nothing to scoff at, really. No. Uh, it's, you know, fifteen goals, twenty five assists. He's on, you know, he would be on pace for, you know, a quality forty point season from the back end, uh, but. Uh, at the same time, he's also on pace for a minus 60 campaign, <laughs> which is, yeah. uh, you know, more, I think, a knock on, obviously, the Coyotes than it is an Oliver ekman Larson. He's yeah. far and away their best player. Uh, but at the same time, this guy's just 26 years old. I mean, yeah. he seems old because he's been around forever, but he's only 26. I, I don't think Arizona trades him. I don't. I think he stays in Arizona. I think he signs, stays in Arizona for a long time. I think he plays for Arizona forever. I, I kind of hope he does, just for Arizona's sake. Yeah, but. I don't think that I. I don't think Ekman Larson is going anywhere, but he could. He definitely could. And if somebody yeah. lands him, oh my god! Like I think yeah. this guy, if you, if you he unleash him on a, on a good team, like he is so good that you don't need to make him a power play specialist. Like he can play on his own. He's an absolute just. Animal. Oh no, yeah, but, but he just I, won't have to lock down other teams' top D men, which is just a huge. Oh, it would def- something like that would help him immensely, but. Um, I just was cl- I just googled him while I was trying to talk, and this article popped up that just said I didn't even think about hockey last year, at all last year. I don't know what he was talking about. I don't know <laughs> if he had a difficult. What his difficulties were. Um, That's why his shots were so down. He wasn't. Oh, he wasn't his, thinking his, about hockey. Oh, his mother passed away last year. Okay, very. That's sad. what happened. So that's why his his year was down. I guess that's you know that's unfortunate. Yeah. But holy shit, yeah. He because he had a it was weird. Like his shots dipped so much. But I, you know what? Obviously, here's the thing. His numbers are solid still. Like still on pace for forty points, which is yeah. great. But man, bottom of your roster. But a minus sixty is just what a crater that is. Yeah. However, that it has been improving recently with the improved play from from Arizona. But yeah, he's going to go out there and he's going to give him a shitload of goals every night. So if you can, yeah. it's, it's it hard. To, it's hard to eat a minus thirty six. Yeah. It, is it like, worth losing your plus minus category every week to have a defenseman who puts up forty points on your back end? Okay, that's so what you got away. He is by far the worst plus minus in the NHL. Who do yeah. you think's number two? <sighs> Same team. Different team, same position. Buffalo, Rasmus or Stalinen? No, Eric Carlson. Ooh. Eric Carlson and Jeff Petrie are tied at minus 22. Oliver Ekman Larson, first minus 36. Or also, worse, respect yeah. to uh, Risto. I only said that just because, you know, he gets so so many minutes that I just assumed. Um, He's only at minus 11. Nice. Yeah. Up, up here. So, while we're on the category of Risto... He has one goal, seven assists in his last eight games. Respect yeah, he's been a stud. Kid. He's been on fire. Since league. I told people to trade him. Yeah. So, so but so yeah. today I was setting my DK lineup for the DFO podcast DraftKings contest, yes. and originally I had John Carlson in there, and then some like scab, and then I was like, you know what, like 
let's take a look here what I can do if I put Risto in. So then I was able to play Risto and Seth Jones and take Carlson completely out. And I'm like, oh, man, this is the, this is the DFO podcast contest, man. Like, you got to oh, yeah. play Risto. It just has to happen. But um, moving on here. Probably going to put on for you, too, just knowing. I hope so. That's what we're hoping for. Vancouver sucks. So hopefully that's the way it goes. I got him and Eichel. I think I think you played Eichel as well, right? Um, oh, no, Dylan no, did. Dylan did. Didn't touch Eichel. Should have. That dude's on fire. But Oh, you know. he is on an absolute heater right now. But yeah. uh, a guy that hopefully will go on a heater here in the next couple weeks for me is Mike Hoffman. He's a buy-low candidate. Uh, Hoffman's an offensive specialist with an amazing prowess to score on the power play. Yeah. At um, least had been. Yeah, just one year removed from 13 power play goals and 26 power play points last year. Hoffman's numbers in that department are down this year. He's on pace for just... Um, 21 goals overall, which would be his lowest of his career so far. However, he's still on pace for nearly 250 shots. Uh, his shooting percentage is 3% off of its career, of his career mark. So if that comes back up down the stretch, uh, whether it's in Ottawa or, or elsewhere, he could easily score, you know, 13 to 15, maybe more goals here in the remaining 36 games. But on top of that, if he gets traded to a better team, which is looking more and more likely here down the stretch, uh, then his stock improves even more. I saw a tweet today that apparently Calgary is very interested in him. Um, they're taking a, a nice look at Mike Hoffman right now, and I think that would be a great move. That would be, yeah. a, you know, that would be an Imagine all in, an all oh. in move. It'd be an all in move. You know, honestly, I think that if I don't they think he moves, yeah, you put I think him on that the, second line. I think I don't even think he plays on that second. Once Fro leaks healthy. It's going to be Chuck Backlund for Leak again. I think he probably so plays on like that, that third line with Bennett and Jankowski, but plays on that top power play. Like Imagine him next to uh, you know, Goudreau, Monaghan, Giordano, Disgusting. or Hamilton on that top power play. It would be gross. So I goals. think that would be such an all-in move by them. It would balance that lineup out even more. Like They would be, be coming at you in waves, man. Like That would be just three deep. That second line just shuts the opposition down. That top line is one of the best in hockey, and then you just add Mike Hoffman to the third. Like it would be just gross. I love it. Yeah. I hope it happens. So um, as it stands now, he's a great buy low option because his numbers, even if he stays in Ottawa, there's still you know his numbers speak to there being some improvement, uh, at least in the goal category. And this is a guy that we know can you know get up there close to thirty. So uh, maybe we can see him catch fire here in the second half. Uh, but speaking of guys catching fire most of these guys already have and that's why they're in the all-star game so beeps <laughs> nice. um i'm gonna talk to d a little bit more about it uh in the second half about my yeah, team that's cool. but why don't we you go ahead and uh, read off your all-star fantasy team and kind of just give the people some insight as to you know where you went obviously this is you know an all-star game crazy shit happens uh, but before you get into it the scoring system, you get two points for a goal, one point for an assist. Uh, if you have like a player who wins an event, whether it's fastest skater or hardest shot, that's an additional point. Uh, goalies is like three points if you're the winning goalie, because I know they kind of switch off. Uh, but then, you know, one or uh, point two points for a save, negative one for a goal against. So, uh, kind of similar to like DraftKings scoring, but it, it makes it a little bit more fun when you add in the, you know, the fastest skater or hardest shot events. So, uh, why don't you, you know, give the people, they, you know, you had the third overall pick out of three, so you had the back-to-back uh, coming back, and yeah. the people spoke, man. 34% of the vote, you won by a slim margin, but they Crushed liked your you team. So for the people who missed the poll, uh, why don't you go ahead, read off your team, and uh, kind of just give some explanation as to, you know, you picked who you did. Yeah, Um. so 
everyone just make sure you turn on the fans in the room because you're going to start sweating because it's not a straight <laughs> fire. Um, sorry, that was bad. But, yeah, it's sweet. I have uh, – I'm going to start with my biggest superstar, Connor McDavid, best player in the NHL. Why the hell wouldn't I take him? Why well, was he even sitting there? Anyways, couldn't believe it. And then I went back-to-back like uh, like the draft, Jack Eichel, my number two pick. Um just, you know, I got some absolute studs. These are young guys who just love putting on a show, people pleasers. Eichel's got nothing else to play for in Buffalo. Why not put on a show at the All-Star game, right? <laughs> Third, Brock Besser. Um, no doubt pick for me. Again, young guy who just, he's proven himself. I mentioned earlier the young guys, they, they tend to put on in the All-Star game unless uh, they're really the next best thing unless there's a shoe-in candidate who shouldn't be there who's going to put on, like, nine goals. Um Again, John Scott. But yeah. So then uh my, John, my fourth forward, Claude Drew. Um just he was just sitting there and he's talented. Uh so that's why. Blake Wheeler with my fifth. Uh don't know how he snuck all the way there. And then um someone who I think kinda be, due to his suspension, people forgot he was forgot he was in this draft. By people I mean you and D. Uh picked Brad Marchand <laughs> as my last forward. Um which ridiculous hit, by the way, I was watching that live, couldn't believe it. Anyways, yeah, see, so um, yeah, what are you thinking, Brad? Anyways, I got Brad. Um, you know this is the only game he's playing for the next couple weeks, so obviously <laughs> he's gonna be he's gonna have it. He, oh, watch, just wait. All star, um, MVP, calling it now. Brad Marchand, my team. Uh, my my D are pretty stacked. Um, I do have to say that. Just gonna probably the best D in this whole draft. So just pump my own tires. No, but definitely Brent, though. Brent Burns leading the leading the pack. Uh, just the Yeti. He's you know he's a funny guy. His kids are gonna be there. He's going to put on a show. Um, Eric Carlson, second. Um, again, we mentioned how bad Carlson's plus minus was, how terrible his season's been. Why not make people forget and just show him a great all-star game? Also, um, contract year coming up. He's got to put on for the other GMs because we know he's not staying in Ottawa. Um, I'm just kidding. That's rumor mill. And then Drew Doughty <laughs> is my third defenseman because, you know, I, I also couldn't believe this one. I, I think I took him as potentially the last person to take a d-man i took doughty um and you know it's drew doughty he's he's amazing but one thing i'm worried about doughty is he does like to have a lot of fun he might be uh might might not come out with 100 percent drew doughty out there so <laughs> i'm just gonna call that and then my utility i totally forgot um ricard raquel this is just another another workhorse pick this is a guy who probably didn't think he'd be in the the all-star game last year uh before last year and then he had a sick year where he put up 30 plus goals and then he's just killing it again this year so Raquel natural goal scorer three on three uh it's gonna he's gonna put on and then my goaltending um I'm a little suspect about this you guys definitely got me beat here but Vasilevsky my starter um best goalie in the league right now what's that what do you mean that ain't that ain't sketchy no it's true but then I put in the king like the king as my as my second goalie terrible choice by me everyone knows that the king is always like making jokes and stuff and then he starts getting beat and then he like keeps making jokes like ah i was just kidding the whole time it's like nah king you're just you're just not as good as you used to be at least um, you at least you have them playing each other though in the first uh like in the first round so you're guaranteed that they might make it to the one of them is going to make it to the finals you might get the the double w i totally planned it that way because i think i also took the last goalie so i was like oh what's like one thing i can do to get myself up there um there's no like young goalies who's just gonna play his bag off so i gotta with the <laughs> oldest guy in the books um it's so, so funny because you and d like so the, the image that i tweeted out was broken down by division and you and d are kind of just all over the map just except yeah. you know you have players from everybody where i just went uh basically i just picked 
one from each side and went strict Atlantic and strict Central Division. Uh, and hopefully those two meet in the finals, and I think it'll give me, obviously, the upper hand. Uh, but you mentioned uh, Brent Burns' kids, so I didn't even know if he actually had kids, but then I remembered his, one of his kid was, like, one of the stars. He's got, like, of the, eight of them. No, you know, he's got like two, one. but, dude, his yeah. one kid's name is Jagger. Yeah, oh, yeah. How badass is that? Yeah, that kid's going to be awesome. He's probably going to make the show one day. And Jagger Burns, man. Jagger Burns is going to be just an absolute stud. And like, When do you think he grows the beard? Like, 12, 13 yeah, years old? Yeah, probably. Actually, it took, yeah, I mean, it took Burnsy a little while, so. That's true. He was actually, if you ever look at, you want to, like, look at a guy transition. Like, when Burns joined the league, he looked like surfer dude Brent Burns. Like, good-looking dude. And then now, uh, he's just an know, animal. Not to bash him, but he just, he looks like a Yeti. It's, and I love it. I'm not, you know, keep up. It's, it's, you got He's got his, his thing going, but. Yeah, it's, it's hilarious. Absolutely. But, uh, that's the end of our first Six half. <laughs> yeah. And uh, before we head over to the Blue Stones, a quick word from our sponsor, uh, mybookie.ag. The Patriots did what they always do, beat the Jaguars in a come-from-behind fashion, and the Eagles just straight-up stomped the Vikings. So it will be Patriots versus Eagles in Super Bowl 52 in a couple weeks. You can bet on anything from the coin toss to the final score at mybookie to make the big game even bigger. Uh, my my bookie makes it easy to deposit and even easier for you to take out your winnings. So head over to dailyfaceoff.com, follow the link, and sign up for my bookie today. They will match your first deposit up to fifty percent just for mm-hmm. listening to the podcast. And beeps, it was a fun first half. I'm sorry you can't be here for the second half, but uh, me and D will hold down the fort, and we'll we'll see you back here in a couple weeks. Uh, but for now, listeners, enjoy the Blue Stones, and we'll see you back here in sixty seconds. Yeah. Minus beeps. Uh, <laughs> See you later, guys. Don't lay your flag and turn away. It's not over now. Not this way. So blow a kiss and wrap me up in darkness. Make it quick before. Feeling sticks and holds I can't see no other way to come So pick up your bags and we can start something new again Gentlemen, to season three, episode nineteen of the Daily Faceoff podcast, Beeps has left us, and it's, it's now like ten hours later. <laughs> and Dylan D. Berthium's here, so how's it going, D? Uh, it's going good, man. This is uh, it's different, but you know, it's fun. We get to uh, look back on the DFO podcast uh, 
contest for once, which we never get to do on DraftKings. Yeah, maybe that was like a good omen or something. That should be the way that we do it every time because I ended up finishing second last night. Ended a ridiculously, yeah, ended a ridiculously long dry spell for uh, for me on DraftKings. It had been yeah, you've been ice cold. The bullet. Ice cold, yeah. That, Somebody's got to lose money. Somebody's got to lose money, and it's just been me yeah, for the exactly. last month. Uh, but yeah, I think I put up like forty-two points. I'm just trying to pull Did it up. You, uh, I finished eighth. I'm just looking at it right now. Yeah, um, we had we had like a a good run though for the boys. Like we all of like Beebs was oh me and Beebs tied actually. Yeah, Beebs was in the money like the whole time, and then uh, ended up. Yeah, crap. I end. mean, yeah, fifteen games slate—that's a toss-up. Man. Oh yeah, for sure. But congrats. You can't even really stack on that slate. No. Good. I was just say congrats to Justin Leo Becker. I think this might actually be the second time uh, that he's won it. Big fan of the show. Really? Always hits us up yeah, on he's Twitter. Been, uh... He's been ripping it up. Uh, he was—he just had a great lineup, you know, top to bottom. Uh, we, yeah, he's we... been supporting the show since day one. So happy, uh, happy to see him win. We uh we thought we were laughing with the uh, twenty seven save shutout from Pecorine, but this guy comes in with a thirty save shutout from Robin Lehner in fl- Lehner. Uh, he was a sneaky play last night. Oh. I ranked him high on the goalie rankings. Yes, you did. But I mean, high was like eight for yesterday. <laughs> it was funny because uh, I was watching the Golden Knights Islanders game there at the end, and I was like about to tweet like the Islanders are, are sorry the Golden Knights are legitimately the only team capable of winning the President's Trophy and getting shut out by Yaroslav Halak in the same season. <laughs> and right as I was about to tweet it, they scored, and I was like, oh shit, ruined a, ruined a funny joke, man. Whatever though. Um, yeah. But anyway, did you play? Did you play that lineup and anything else last night? Uh no. I uh, I just did the daily faceoff podcast one last night. Uh, of course, that's the time. Well, because yeah, exactly. Of course. <laughs> well, no, it was just because uh, like I started, but I was so busy with the fifteen games that I literally yeah. like obviously I made the contest, so I automatically entered, but then I didn't like set my lineup forever, and then right. I was doing like warm up lineups, and it was like six forty five, and I was like, oh shit, like I completely forgot to set my lineup so i just literally went in and scrambled and just like threw a lineup together i think i played like both my value plays from the from the notebook and just i mean we talked about i told you man you you do your lineups too early and then you think about it all day so maybe maybe this is uh this is the big turnaround yeah i just need to go in with like 15 minutes left and just throw it together that should be the way to do it but yeah i mean you got the most information at that point yeah exactly and uh so basically i I threw it together and then uh i went to go like look to see if i could just mass enter it but like most of the good contests were full and uh, right i didn't end up getting in but uh where me and beebs left off we were talking about beebs's um all-star fantasy team and his team got the the majority of the vote uh by a slim margin it was 34 percent for beebs and 33 percent for each of us uh, according to the best fantasy team according to our uh twitter followers and listeners but uh, let's let's see if you've got a case to make with your team uh, as to why you think your your fantasy all star team is going to take it this year. Because I was telling Beebs before that I ran away with it last year, so you guys got right. you guys got some ground to make up this year. What uh, who'd you take and why? Well, I st- I ended up stacking on Metro, and it wasn't even like I didn't do it on purpose. Um, but I realized after like my fourth or fifth pick that I had like three guys already, so I was like, well, I might as well just go all in at this point. Um, but yeah, yeah, that's the case right there. If the Metro, if the Metro make it to the finals and win, like I, I pretty much guarantees me this contest, right? Yeah, for sure. I was like, I was talking to Beebs because like Beebs was rattling off his team, and right. I was like, man, you literally just have like somebody from every division. Like he was just all over the map. Where I like stacked up uh, the Central and the Atlantic, hoping that right. they'll meet in the finals. 
but I, I, I was real. I had first overall pick. I maybe I rigged it. I don't know. Um, no, I sent you guys. <laughs> I sent you guys Snapchats. Yeah, proven it wasn't rigged. But I took Nathan McKinnon with my first pick, just the hottest player in hockey right, right. now, no doubt about it. And then uh, Kucherov and Stamkos. I mean, on home ice in front of the home fans. Come on. Yeah, so how did you get Kucherov and Stamkos on the way back? So I, I took Ovi because Ovi's a tryhard in the All-Star game. Yeah, and then he um, Beebs went McDavid, Eichel, and then you took Matthews. Yeah, because I have to. Yeah, and then I took Kucherov and Stamkos, and then it was right. just like... But I was actually happy because I wanted Goudreau a lot. Goudreau is like the three-on-three monster, Yeah. Right? So oh, yeah, for sure. I, I got him after that. Uh, and then Beebs took... No, he didn't take Besser then, did he? No, I think he took Burns or something. Right, that makes sense. But he uh, he's very excited about his Brock Besser pick, so we'll see how that works out. Obviously, we like to take guys that are, uh, you right. know, first-time All-Stars going out there trying a little harder. I remember last year uh, I was telling Biebs that, like, Seth Jones basically won me this contest, and I think I got him with, like, my last pick again this year. So mm-hmm. we'll see if that works. P.K. Subban was another pick I was very happy with because... Like, yeah, I wanted P.K. too. He, he's another one you know he's going to just, you know, he's a try-hard in the All-Star game. Yeah. Which I, you, you need that in this contest. So... Uh, Ovechkin, Tavares, Crosby, Hall, Latang, Holpe, all for the Metro, all on my team. Um, what's the rule with Hall? If he doesn't play, do I get a replacement? I feel like if he doesn't play, you get like, I get his, his injury New Jersey Devils replacement. Yeah. So whether... no, it's Brian Boyle. I think is it really? <laughs> I'm pretty sure. Oh, for sure, you get Brian Boyle then. No, Dude. no doubt about yeah. it. Yeah. No, I'm pretty. I'm not taking Brian Boyle. That is uh, awesome. Actually, he'll probably score. He'll try harder than most of them. Yeah, dude, yeah. that's an amazing story. That's even better than John Scott. I did not know dude, that. Dude, I was just going to say, like, when I saw that last night, it made me so mad. Like, the, how hard did the league try to keep John Scott away from the All-Star game, and then you just gift a spot to Brian Boyle? I don't know. He's actually had, like, a ridiculously good year, though. Yeah, but... I mean, I guess not ridiculously good, but... I thought, like, he sure would probably go, but I guess... But I think the position... Like, I would have given it to maybe Butcher... Or, like, Vatnin's been awesome, but he's only been there for, what, 20, 25 games? Yeah, Vatnin's been super uh, good. But, yeah. I don't know, Bar- Bar- Brian Boyle's obviously a good story even, Brat. Just give it to Paul Mary, just because. Brian Boyle, man. It's a good story, man. The guy's, like, surviving cancer right now. It's got a, it's got a good... I, gotta make him an all-star. I don't think that's part of, you know, I definitely makeup, think that. The requirement. No, it doesn't make you an all-star, but... All the, you know, all the power to him, is, but, you know... I just feel like he's the sore... He sticks out, you know? He's the elephant in the All-Star game. Well, he's about as big as an elephant, that's for sure. Um, yeah, that's true. Well, he's on your team. Okay, so I'm he's not taking Brian now, Boyle. So. We'll, figure out, we'll figure something else out. That's um, what you get when you draft an injured guy. I guess. <laughs> <laughs> I thought he was going to play. Um, doesn't that mean he has to miss the next game, too? No, uh, because he missed. if you miss like the final game before the All-Star break like with an injury, it's deemed like legitimate. So you don't have to like get the suspension or whatever, like Jonathan. But what Blake. about the Kings? The qu- can they have just not dressed in the last game? Yeah, but I, I think he dressed as the backup and then just isn't going and just skips the skip the All Star game. So yeah, but they said it was to rest a like a nagging injury, but he still has to. Yeah, well, whatever. It doesn't really matter, whatever. I guess, that much with the goal. No, it, like it's an All Star game. It literally doesn't matter at all. But <laughs> <laughs> hey, did you see? Uh... Pension Plan Puppets, PPP, mm-hmm. uh, Leafs blogging site, had a post today, and it was from, it's like a German contributor of theirs, I forget his name, sorry, but, um, and he made the case that the All-Star game should take place in Europe. For what reason? Well, basically saying that, like, the NHL Travel the World Series, or whatever it was called, um, was BS, and it was like Arizona versus whatever the whole time. Colorado, um, yeah. Yeah. Where... 
and we don't care about the all-star game here right like we'll watch it but it's like it, i don't know if the all-star game was in detroit would you be like compelled to go I think I would think about it if it was like in Detroit, maybe, but I wouldn't yeah. be like I wouldn't be like over the moon like excited to go. But it would be right. But I would what maybe... better ca- but what better way to showcase your game to the world than you know all your best talent? Yeah, playing three on three hockey, the most exciting version of the game. It is a good, I- a good it idea. is a good idea for I guess if you go to like a like a nice city that the players would enjoy going to because right like a lot of these like guys Zurich. like some of these people are probably pissed off that they're all-stars just because now like they don't get to go on like a four-day vacation like the rest of the league does yeah but so i guess maybe if it would benefit obviously hockey in europe but at the same time it would uh be a little bit of a vacation for these guys i mean i guess going to tampa isn't terrible either but yeah i mean i was gonna say it's not like the nhl really cares what the players think but it seems like (laughs) something the pa would probably have to sign off on so it's not a bad idea actually no it makes it made a lot of sense to me but yeah obviously there's logistical um you know concerns there but yeah anyway better than uh, uh better than watching colorado and arizona at least yeah i just think like uh you know if the premier league sent over a premier league all-star team for an exhibition game i'd be way more compelled to go see that than just like man you playing their 10 worst guys you know what i mean yeah Does that make sense for sure i like it anyway it's a good idea so yeah. anyway head over to pension plan puppets and uh, take a look at that article sounds kind of, i'm gonna read it after this uh show yeah it was interesting so, um, hopefully you guys don't beat me this year. Uh, I, I like how we just do the events. The events, I'll bring it all together because you can just do Yeah, that's it. fun. But you got Mike Smith. That was the one sleeper pick because he's good in those events, man. <laughs> he's he's got, got the snipes, man. Yeah, he can score. So he might win you an event at least. But do you want to jump into some fantasy hockey here? Yeah, we might as well, right? So before the break, uh, me and Biebs did buy low candidates. So we're right. going to take the sell high portion of this whether you want to sell high sell these guys high and buy the guys low at the same time be probably a good idea uh me and Biebs, i talked about mikhail sergachev and mike hoffman as two buy low candidates uh yeah. and he talked about oliver ekman larson and mitch marner do you have anything to maybe add on any of those guys before we jump into the sell highs mm, no not really like just the fact the the one thing i would say is with uh Hedman's injury, like, Tampa's been running five forwards on their power play, right? Yeah. Well, they've been, like, kind of tinkering. Like, Strawman's there. Yeah. And then That's crazy. Yeah. But, but I, you'd imagine that Sergeyev would get that time over Strawman, right? Yeah. It just That's why I said it's the perfect time, because, like, he's getting healthy scratch two games in a row heading into yeah. the All-Star break. So you got kind of four days to make yeah. your move, make your pitch or whatever. So yeah. it's a good I mean, time to wheel and deal trades right now. Like, you should see the daily face-off uh discuss board right now is still just going crazy even though there's no games today and i was like why are you guys here they're like dude we it's we gotta make trades so i'm like okay more power to you man but um yeah as, as far as marner's concerned um if he's just if that line stays together like that it's looked so good in the last two games yeah. marlo kadri and marner but I, you know at the time when babcock made the switch he was talking about how he was only doing it because he didn't have the last change um which makes sense because at that point <clears throat> you go like the Komarov line because goes from like a, a shutdown line to like um you know teams are going to try to mismatch against it so. yeah um i get it but he also talked like he might keep the line together and just shuffle uh Komarov in for like defensive zone faceoffs. yeah and that's what me and Beeps talked about that uh because he was very high obviously on martyr playing online and i kind of right. warned him that babcock did allude to you know, putting Komarov back on that line, but at the same but time, they were so good but at the same, teams. exactly at the same time, it's all about how successful they are. It's going to be, right. you know, if they make a case to stick together, then 
what right. Babcock and, gonna do. So And that's the thing like about Bell Babcock, right? Is like when he finds the line combinations with work, he really sticks with For like, sure. But Kadri or not Kadri, but yeah, I guess the Kadri Marlowe Calmer of line like stuck together for like thirty plus games this year. Same with the Matthews line and same with Marner, Bozak, JVR before that. Yeah. because um, yeah, but I mean Marner got bumped down on the fourth line again, but between I guess his two fourth line stints, the the one earlier in the year, he, besides that he was with Bozak and JVR the whole year. So, um if he does, you know, kinda switch it up a little bit and go with that. But at the end of the day it still sounds like he wants to use Kadri and kind of that shut down defensive role when he can. Um, so I think it's kind of limited in that regard. But, like, it's just hilarious because Kadri had, like, what, one goal in, like, a 30-game span <laughs> yeah. there for a while? Like, just completely ice cold, and then two games with Marner, and he has three goals. Like, I don't yeah. think that is, you know... It's not a coincidence. Coincidence, that's the word I was looking for. Like, hey, you know, words. <laughs> yeah, sometimes they're difficult. <laughs> but it's just like, yeah, how could you break them up? Like, this is a guy that was, like, a 30-goal scorer for you last year. Like, you need to get him going. The offense has been what's been lacking in Toronto recently, which is a huge surprise. I know. Well, it's weird because, like, the opportunity, like, aside from playing with Komarov, you know, you can imagine what that's been doing to Kadri's offensive numbers. But, like, his own starts have been bad. Like, he's, like, literally just been using a shutdown role. So it's not like Babcock was, like, you know... um, I'm sure he wasn't upset or, like, worried about Kadri not scoring. No, for sure. He gets it. Um, but, yeah, at the same time, Kadri's also got, like, crazy offensive talent. Um, that could, it feels like they're kind of trying to force him into, like, this third-line shutdown role. Yeah, it's weird. Yeah, it is weird. But I he's guess, definitely the second-best center on the team. I guess in the same breath as Marner being a buy-low, Kadri's a pretty reasonable buy-low option at this point, True. too. True. It's just, you know, the lone center. Yeah. Ability that, it, it sucks. But... You know, you gotta have centers on the team. It's not. Yeah, I, I mean, player. I imagine if they stay together, we see more of the thirty goal cadre. For or sure, at least that pace. He's still on there. pace for twenty eight this year, which is crazy. Really? Yeah. Yeah, he was hot actually a little bit early on in the year. He was the only one scoring. That makes sense. But uh, who's guys? Who are guys that are hot right now that you think are gonna cool down that you're selling high on right now? Well, you know, we've done this. Obviously, we do the sell high segment a lot, and we I feel like we've done it, you know, kind of recently too. Um, and you know, you pick some good ones, and there are guys we already talked about, and. I, I felt like there wasn't, you know, too many more, like, super obvious ones out there. Um, besides maybe goalies, but you know how I am with forecasting the goalies. Yeah. Um, so I kind of took a little bit of a di- different approach. Um, I wrote about two guys, and about halfway through writing about John Klingberg, I <laughs> totally flopped on it. Um, <laughs> but I, I'll, I'll talk about it because it's, in- it's interesting. Uh, so, yeah, I was, you know, flirting with suggesting John Klingberg here, uh, but ultimately decided against it. You know, he, as you know, Brock, obviously, he leads all D-men in points. He's yep. got 48 and 50 games. My thought in training him right now, uh, you know, I, and I was actually trying to move him in one of my leagues. He's, you know, he's re- he's really not a point-per-game guy and sh- probably shouldn't be leading the defenseman in points uh, again next year. So, my, you know, my thought was his value might not ever be higher. Um, and Obviously, there's no denying his skill and the talent he has around him, but the major red flag, uh, Klimberg has... A crazy high 20 secondary assists this season um so secondary assists obviously less reliable than primary points um but putting up a bunch of them is usually hard to keep up or repeat it's kind of random he also had a high on ice shooting percentage right now so i was like oh yeah like for sure so high on this guy but looked back at it over his four-year career his on ice shooting percentage sits at 10.0 percent which is so high for a defenseman it's crazy. crazy really impressive he's been able yeah to you know sustain that over such a long period um certainly bodes well for these random secondary assists uh 
And I think, you know, those at, at least in some degree can be attributed to the fact that he's getting more pucks through than ever before. He's got 119 shots in 50 games. It's five short of what he put up in 80 games last year. Um, so he's on pace to crush his career best. So, yeah, I don't know. Like, the secondary assists are going to have to come down. Um, and, like, I don't think he'll be a point of game down the stretch. But, I, like, I just I don't think it's going to be as bad as, like, I originally expected when I was looking at this. So I, I'm still kind of shopping him around right now. Um, but I, I'm at the point where I'm kind of holding off for the perfect package, whereas, like, last week I probably would have been down just to move him for any top 15 forward I could have got my hands on. Yeah, this is a similar case to what Rasa, Rasmus Ristolainen did last year. He had just a boatload of secondary assists, and on the outside, right. looking in, it looked like a ridiculously good season. But when boiled down to it, I think a guy had, like, 10 primary assists. Don't quote me on that. The numbers aren't exact. But, right. Um, and then we did kind of see him have a slow start this year. So it is a bit of puck luck for sure. But at the same time, it is always, I guess, difficult to move a guy that's leading defenseman in scoring. Like, you don't want... It's hard to let that one go. But right. at the same time, usually when you move players like this, you're going to get a ridiculously big return. So it, it, it makes it worth it for sure. Um, that's what I'm saying. If you had to pick, would you rather have John Klingberg or Eric Carlson down the stretch? Mm, see, that's a tough one. Like, obviously, I love Carlson. I expect you know a lot of his underlying stats to kind of bounce back. But you know, I, I don't know if you've heard these rumblings as well. But there's been a lot of talk about how like he might not be at a hundred percent. Right, hasn't really been all year. Didn't get to do like a proper training camp before this season. So I'm kind of like almost on you know. Team team, Kling, team Klingberg? Team Klingberg and, like, Team Carlson's season is a write-off. Like, I expect Carlson to come back and lead the defenseman in points again next year um, with a full summer's rest and whatnot. But it, it seems like he's not exactly healthy. Um, and, yeah, just, like, Dallas got a really good power play. Um, obviously, that top line's awesome, and Klingberg plays a ton of minutes with them. And, yeah, he should, like, he's on pace for, I don't know what it was, but over 200 shots anyway. Um, so I think I'd go Klingberg. Yeah, and you know what? It's kind of worrisome, but especially not in, in like redraft leagues with Carlson. Like, because at what point, like, if he's not one hundred percent, do they just decide to shut him down? Yeah, like it's definitely going to be an option. Like, they are so far out of the race at this point; they're seventeen sure. points out, of and the it only helps there. him tank, right? But he won't. Isn't he free agent this year? For this this year or next year? I keep forgetting. It's next year, I think. Next summer, yeah, yeah. Okay, so yeah, I was gonna say. But he probably wouldn't mind being shut down. Well, yeah, like it's just I don't know. I think it makes it might make sense. There's so many like trade but rumors it's, it's, around you're, him too. You're assuming that Ottawa is concerned about the long term health and future of Eric Carlson. Like he's going to be there past next year. Yeah, it's true. I suppose. <laughs> Who know? I, I you know what? I never really thought that he would be. Uh, like I thought players like that, you just kind of think like they're going to be there forever. And it's, I, I think he would, but he just he's not going to take less than he's worth or less than what he can get at market value. And he knows they have the cap room to pay him, and he's not going to like just take less because the owner doesn't want to pay him what he's due. Yeah, he and he, yeah, so he's got one more year after this year at six point yeah. five million, which is what a contract. <laughs> yeah, yeah, no kidding. What I got the time. You would never say that, but just the way the cap's gone up, and like I would happily play Eric Carlson ten million dollars a year to be on my team. Yeah, for oh, for fun. Um, but for me, a guy who might as well stick with the name, uh, William Carlson, sure. he, right. he's got a lot of air on this podcast and for good reason. Um, not always, not always negative. <laughs> well, I guess not good reasons, but <laughs> it, 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 it's been like, it's a combination of things. Like it's been impressive. We've enjoyed yeah, it's more just it, like, wow. but it's just like, it's just too much. <laughs> and I'm calling it now. I've had enough. The bubble's about to burst in Vegas. It might not be the entire team, but it will definitely 
has to beat Carlson a little bit. At least um, his goal. He has to cool down. So if you could trade him, like you could literally trade him for virtually anybody right now, because uh, he's on just such a torrid pace. Uh, he has seven goals and two assists in his last nine games, still scoring at a point per game pace uh, right now. But this guy, I tweeted it out before the show, on pace for forty six goals on just a hundred and seventy three shots. Like That's what? Absurd. A twenty six point seven shooting percentage. Just absolutely insane. He also has an 11.8 on-ice shooting percentage. That should still take a hit. I'm just taking a stand against this. This guy, it just, this is tomfoolery. It just can't continue. Yeah. It just can't. I, I, I like, we, we talked about it, but, um, you know, his career shooting percentage coming into this year was, uh, you know, somewhere between, I think it was, uh, well, he shot 8.3 and then 6.3. So it was probably about 7.3%. Um, and now it's 26.7 on the year, which has brought his career mark up to 13 and a half. Because <laughs> he had so little game. I don't know, man. Like, it's it's confusing. Like, I, I don't know what to make of it. Like, it's at the point where it's like, the, obviously, on top of, you know, the good fortune that's come his way, there's a breakout season happening here as well. Um, but it's like, where where's the middle ground here? Like, where do you think he settles in at? He's tied with Nikita Kucherov in goals. Yeah. He's tied for second in the NHL. Yeah. It's it's nuts. I know. I think, so, like, where do you think he falls, though? Like, should he be, like, a top 30 guy still? For the rest of this year, I think it... I think, yeah, he has to be this year. Yeah. Because even if I that comes down... is that good, too. Like, yeah, oh, for sure. Like, they're an unbelievable line. One of the best in the league. Yeah. But yeah. I just... I can't sit here and look at... At twenty six point seven percent, it's just nuts. And no, like, I wouldn't be surprised if he finishes with like thirty five goals or less goals. Yeah, but at the same time, right now, like, yeah. even if he does continue this, whatever, because you can trade him for high end talent. Like, yeah. you could you could probably like okay, here's a here's a case that I think that I would somebody I would trade for. Would you trade sure. him for Sean Monahan? Who would you rather have down the stretch? Monahan. Yeah. Like, yeah, no, I would I would trade him for a lot of guys who don't have his numbers this year, but, are, you know, are, you feel a lot more safer and reliable. And then even if he does outplay him down the stretch, it's like, whatever. Like, I, I traded what was probably, like, either a pickup or my 12th round pick for, you know, an established guy that I knew would help me down the stretch. So, yeah. What about Braden Shen with, uh, with, with Schwartz back? Who would you rather have? Mm-hmm. Shen. Yeah, see, there's so many, and I think those are guys that you could legitimately target right now. And, like, yeah. the uneducated fantasy owner who doesn't really know that 26.7%, he's just going to look at that, right. that 27 Or just goal. too lazy to Google their hockey reference page. Yeah, 27%. Or 20, I a lot of people who play fantasy sports like that, man. The only stats they're looking at is what Yahoo shows them. Yeah, man. like they're going in and saying, oh, he's the sixth-ranked center. Like, yeah. yeah. <laughs> oh, and let's take a look here. We've got Sean Monaghan. He's the... Oh, eighth rank center. Oh, trade him. Done. Let's do Plus it. Plus twenty two. Must be doing something, right? Exactly. So I think like you could just just it, it's a combination of things. Like obviously, there's so many red flags there, but at the same time, his trade value I think is just so high that you could just target anybody you want, somebody that you have yeah. a little bit more faith in down the stretch. Like I'm not. Yeah, I agree. And then even if Carlson still outperforms him, it's like whatever. And like, are we really like, are we still buying in on this whole Vegas thing? Like, is it? It's obviously been crazy impressive, but like it has to. It's there's no way that it can just continue forever. 
What are his home? Can we find his home and away splits? I don't. I don't think. I think yeah. I can pull him up. But why don't? While I look for him, why don't you go ahead and talk about your next sell high guy? Yeah. No, I was just gonna say like I believe in Vegas at home very much so because if you're playing a hungover goalie every home game, <laughs> I think that's how your shooting percentage gets around twenty six point seven percent. He has um, he has sixteen goals and twenty two points on home ice and eleven goals and twenty uh twenty points on the road, but yeah. on home ice right now. He he is it's actually perfect. He's shot fifty shots at home, fifty one on the road. He's shooting thirty two percent on home ice. <laughs> right. So yeah, <laughs> sixteen goals on fifty shots on home ice. Thirty two percent against hungover goalies. That's just wild. <laughs> um. So yeah, I I'll, I'll get into the next one. Um. Again, not the traditional way that we normally think about sell highs. Um. This is more of just like a, a sell to get out. Like, you know, you know, for our, you people who like to play the stock game, you know, <laughs> it, it hasn't performed as well as you'd hope, but it's not getting any better. So it's time just to cut the cord. Duncan Keith. Um, normally, you know, we look for guys, like we said, overperforming, uh, bound to come back down, bound to come back down to earth. Um, the William Carlson, you know, prototype. Uh, <laughs> Duncan Keith, zero goals on 116 shots. Obviously has been anything but that. Despite his struggles, his ownership still sits above ninety percent, and I think it's obvious, you know, that the the weight his name carries uh, kind of leaves most fantasy owners expecting him to turn it around at some point. And uh, you know, he's still been able to put up twenty three assists, so it's not all that bad, right? Um, but what if I told you he has only five primary assists on the season? So that's five primary points in forty nine games for Duncan Keith. So let's just pretend for a sec that the zero goals wasn't happening. Uh, he was shooting at his normal career mark. He'd have five goals right now to go with his five primary assists. Um, so ideal scenario right now for Duncan Keith would be 10 primary points through 49 games. I, I just think most people respect his name and see the zero goals thing as a fluke without realizing, you know, this huge underlying flaw. Um, he's 34 years old, recently lost a spot on the top power play unit. Uh, he got back to 50 points last year, but he needed a career-high 10.1 on our shooting percentage to do it. And I, I'm not betting on any sort of bounce back from Keith at this point. It's like he's shooting a decent amount, sure, but like, so what? It's going to get you maybe four goals down the stretch if he comes back to his career norms. Like, I, I, I know it sucks to move him when his value is so much lower than it was on draft day when you took him, but to me, it's just like it's only going to get worse. Um, and I think there's still some value to be had here on the trade market just with the weight his name carries alone. Uh, and you could also maybe trade him for somebody in like the same boat as him, kind of like an underperforming right. big name. Like, okay, here's an, here's an example. Would you take him or Justin Falk down the stretch? Justin Falk. Yes, yeah, I take almost. Any, I would drop Duncan Keith, <laughs> <laughs> but I wouldn't. Like, I would try to pat. You know what I mean, though. Like, I think the output he's going to give you is waiver wire um, caliber yeah. for the rest of the season. I think you could. But, I think you could definitely move him for Justin Falk. Like, Falk has not yeah. done anything either. He's only got four goals, thirteen assists, but like his shooting percentage is way down. He's still playing there's a on, bunch. On like a you could probably team. move him for a guy like Pareko. Um, there's a bunch. Like he still has 23 points, which is nothing to write home about. But I think it's still like uh, it's, it's still it's like still, top it's still 30 more than or like so Zach for defensemen. Like it's what you would think would be rosterable. Oh yeah. Um, yeah, exactly. So maybe Zach Rowenski shoot for that too. It, oh, if somebody trades you Zach Rowenski for 
um, Keith. That's just insane. If you can, yeah. If you can so to me, like, off. I would be tempted to drop Duncan Keith, but obviously, like, you're gonna want to trade, try to trade a guy like this for almost anything. What about uh, what about know. Oliver Ekman Larson? Who would you rather have? Because he was one of Beebs's buy oh, yeah. lows, but he's got a oh, yeah. league worst minus thirty six rating. Is that something yeah. that you would? Well, it depends on your team, I guess. Like, uh, you need to look at the roster you have and decide if that's gonna make make or break a category for you if you're already losing plus minus anyway then yeah you know exactly who cares uh, another guy that i'm selling high and it's opposite of of what's going on sure. with duncan keith but uh anthony beauvillier uh when andrew ladd yeah. got hurt the islanders brought beauvillier back from the uh the ahl and finally put him in an offensive role and he's definitely succeeded so far uh, for most of the year, he was playing on the third and fourth line, not really getting a lot of ice time, not meaningful ice time anyway, and he struggled. Right. He was brutal. Uh, but he has eight goals and ten points in his last eight games. Really seems to be clicking with Barzil and Everly. Uh, but he carries a 34.8 shooting percentage over that stretch. Obviously, it's a little bit more maintainable over a short period of time, but that's obviously going to take a hit eventually. That line, since being put together, has an on-ice shooting percentage of 16%. Uh, so something's got to give there. That's got to cool down a bit. Obviously, you'd think that once Andrew Ladd gets back, they wouldn't break up this line, given how successful it is or has yeah. been. But I don't at know this, what's going to happen. There. But at the same time, maybe they'll look to you know get Beauvillier now that he's get you know he's got going. They'll look to get him back on that third line and maybe reignite somebody like right. Brock Nelson and really give them three deep lines. Um, right. But I think right now his his. Value is so high. He's scoring on a nightly basis, multiple point games all the time. Uh, especially right. if you maybe target uh, first go to the guy that's got Matthew Barzel or Jordan Eberle, kind of try to see if they would he'd want to add the third piece or second piece uh, to that team. Might be a good place right. to start at least. But I think somebody would definitely be interested. I mean, he's a former first round pick. He's he's a pretty big name still. Uh, you know, young player, and he's just been on an absolute tear. So I think that uh, we've seen his own percentage skyrocket. I think he's somebody that you could, you know, look at moving. I think he's somebody that you could maybe throw in as a two-for-one and really kind of shoot for the stars for somebody mm -hmm. uh, really good just because, you know, take advantage of that fire that is his, uh, his game log right now because it's super impressive. Right. Yeah. Yeah. I, see, the thing, uh, I felt like, like, obviously, uh, you know, whether it's Bovillier or Lad, that's the weak piece of this line, right? Mm -hmm. um, and I think, you know, the Islanders realized that, and they were finally getting some halfway decent production out of Andrew Ladd. Yep. Wasn't anything good, but <laughs> it was better than what they had been getting from him. And the line was doing maybe not as good, but it was still the best second line in hockey before he got hurt, right? Yep. Um, so, I don't know. Like, I think there's a chance he gets bumped back down and then maybe back in the AHL eventually if they feel like he's not getting enough playing time up here. Um, but, yeah, I think in redraft leagues, definitely a sell high. And in keeper leagues, maybe he's a target. <laughs> For sure. And that was the one thing I was going to get. It all it all depends on your league. If it is redraft, right. this is kind of what I'm talking about. Because I, exactly. I wouldn't look to move him in, in keeper. He's a very valuable uh, piece. But, right, because he's going to take Andrew Ladd's spot eventually. Oh, for sure. Six. Do you have another sell high, or should we just keep talking about Keeper Leagues? No, because I wrote so much about Klingberg and how I wasn't recommending him. <laughs> I only did Keith after. <laughs> well, let's stick with Keeper Leagues then, because this is yeah. something that we don't talk about a ton. We normally kind of focus on just the waiver wire to help people kind of navigate through the, the season. But Keeper Leagues are obviously, they operate at a 
in a different way. You're you're trying to target guys that aren't only going to be good this year, but they're going to be good for many years to come. So at this point, we're you know we're at the All Star break. We're almost in February. There's definitely a lot of teams out there that have kind of hit the skids. They're kind of out of the out of the playoff race this year. So we're going to talk about players that are great keeper league targets. Somebody that is value, maybe it, it doesn't have to be low necessarily, but it's only going to keep going up. Um, so you kind of, we want to get in now before the value is at, you know, too high and somebody that you can't target later. So uh, who are you targeting in keeper leagues if you're kind of out of the playoffs right now? Um, if I'm trying to think of how I want to start this. Um, so the most obvious one for me, I guess, if we're talking trade market, um, and you can find like if you're maybe out of it, and you can find a contender in your league that has Clayton Keller on your team, um, I think that's obviously like he's the ideal one right now. He's fallen off a bit from what he started at the start of the year, but to me, what he's been able to do as a 19-year-old on that Coyotes team is super impressive. Um, he's got 36 points in 50 games almost you know he's flirting with around three shots a game um so all bodes very well for him moving forward i think you know on a super percentage student sitting at just seven and a half which is low for a top six forward but it's about what you would expect coming out of arizona um so i think as far as the trade market goes like keller would be uh my number one and he's only 49 percent owned but you gotta assume you know that's gotta be close to 100 in keeper league for sure um and then the other one, I'm just, sorry, I'm just going to search him right now because I don't know what his own percentage is at, but I picked him up in one of my leagues last week and it was still under like 20. Uh, Travis Konechny, he's up to 21% right now. Uh, and he was like essentially not even owned last week. Um, so there's not a whole lot to say here. Konechny's, you know, former first round pick. And he's a pretty young guy. He's done pretty well at every level he's played at did had a modest you know rookie season last year 28 points in 70 games uh as a 19 year old pretty good pretty good especially when you're only playing 14 minutes a night uh but now he's up on that top line and i think he should probably have a spot in that top six next year as well moving forward. for sure and they don't really know where they want to put him right now he's kind of a natural center but he's been playing a lot of wings so that should um, they have they literally multi- their top line is three natural centers. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So uh, like it's um, as far as fantasy goes, like right now he's got center, left wing, right wing, and he should at least have center and a wing uh, by the time next season rolls around. Been on um, a heater so too. That, yeah, he's been really hot. Um, and yeah, he's like almost three shots a game on that top line right now. Um, and I'm a big you know I'm a big Jakub Orchek guy too. So. I think even if he was to find himself on the second line uh, next year, which they definitely need more production from, Michael Raffle and Valtteri Filpula just aren't enough for Voracek right now. No. Um, Still leaves the NHL in point, or assist, though. <laughs> yeah, so I think Connecting's a good one. He's at 21%, probably a trade target in keeper leagues, though. Uh, you want to go? I got a couple more, but you can go. Yeah, I'll stick with the Flyers. Uh, Ivan Provorov's a guy for me. Uh, he is, like, the best player in the NHL that doesn't get talked about, uh, at least outside mm-hmm. of Philadelphia. Uh, in Philadelphia, yeah, they though, they use words like elite when they talk about this guy. Um, and they're not really far off, or he's not, I guess, far off from elite at this right. point. 21-year-old stud. Uh, and, and in my eyes, I think he's a future Norris Trophy winner, uh, or at least contender. His stock's on the rise right now, having scored 9 points in his last 10 games. But his overall numbers still don't jump off the board at you. 
Uh, so I think right now is a good time, you know, get it on the ground floor with Provorov and kind of just enjoy the climb because he's going to be a high-end defenseman, I think, for like the next decade. Uh, he's an yeah. absolute stud. Still doesn't see as much, you know, power play time as you'd like because of the, you know, Shane Goss' bear effect, but he still plays almost 25 minutes a night. He's an absolute workhorse for that team. Shoots the puck uh, a lot for a defenseman, which is always a good sign. I think he's on pace for almost 200 uh, shots this year. Just a lot to like here. Yeah, he's on pace for 204 shots. Um, already almost has double-digit goals. Had a really good rookie season. Just so much to like about Provorov. And in keeper leagues, I think he's just going to be a, an absolute monster for years to come. Mm-hmm. So I think right now, like you just need to get in on it now before it's too late. Um, and then another guy, I... Th- you know, a guy I've talked about a shitload on this podcast before, but Sebastian Aho, uh, I think he's a good target at least during this next few days while he's uh, still injured during the All-Star break here. Uh, he's still not skating. He's got a lower body injury and a concussion, so it kind of remains to be seen how long he'll be out. But that makes it as good a time as any to take a shot at trading for him. Uh, obviously, keeper leagues are not going to care as much about the injury, but it's still obviously, you know, especially if he's playing for a contender, they're going to want somebody who is healthy right now down the right. stretch run. And obviously, concussions are nothing to mess with. But he's successfully built off of a great rookie year. Uh, he was scoring at a 29 goal, 38 assist, 67 point pace this season. Uh, still just scratching the surface as a 20 year old, in my opinion. Uh, and if, mm-hmm. But if, I think if you wait too long, it's going to become extremely difficult to acquire them in keeper formats. Uh, on pace for another 230-plus shots this year. Just loves to shoot the puck. He shoots at a pretty good clip, too. I think like 11% over you know his first 140 games or whatever it is. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I think, obviously, he's going to have an incredibly successful you know career. And another guy that I think... Uh, you want to get in while he still kind of looks like a 60-point player because I think he's going to be a future 80-point, point-per-game type of guy. So another guy that I'm definitely looking at. For sure. Faux show. Sure. And then um, you had your one percenter there. Do you want to talk about him? Oh, yeah. Actually, this is just because I was going to talk about Kyle Connor. Oh, really? Perfect. Okay, well, I'll talk about yeah. Jack Roslovich, uh, for Roslovich here for a minute. Uh, only 1% owned, so he's less of a trade target as he is kind of a keeper of Dynasty League pickup. Uh, obviously deeper formats, but this was the 2015-25th overall pick. Uh, he's excelled at every single level. Uh, as I mentioned two weeks ago, the Jets probably aren't going to make too many deals at the deadline because they can promote within like they've already done right. with your boy Kyle Connor, now Rosalvich. Uh, they've also got Brendan Lemieux, who's kind of just like on the outside looking in right now. Um, mm-hmm. So right now, Rosalvich is making a case to stay beyond Shifley's return. Uh, he scored a goal while playing on the top line last night. I think it was his first game on the top line. He has been featured on the top power play for a bit now. Uh, 35 points, 15 goals, 20 assists in 32 AHL games before his call-up. So he is obviously a dynamic offensive talent. Uh, I think that he has a chance to stay in the top nine once Shifley's healthy. Uh and if you you know if you've got a, a spot in that top nine, you're playing with pretty good forwards. Um, mm-hmm. Let's say when Shifley's back, it, it's going to bump Matthew Perot back down. So you can see somebody like Rosovich potentially playing with like a Matthew Perot 
Uh, you know, a Kyle Connor has been kind of bumped down now too, so maybe Rozovich stays up in that top six with Ky- uh, with Connor being bumped down right now. There's a lot yeah. of options in, in, in Winnipeg, and I think, you know, obviously he's not going to be a game-breaker this year, but in deep dynasty-like uh, keeper leagues, I think he's a great target because I think he's going to, you know, he, he's, he's about as NHL-ready of a prospect as you'll find right now. I feel you. I feel you. And he took my boy Kyle Connor's spot. Um, which, you know, makes me want to drop Connor in redraft leagues right now after I've been telling people to pick him up for the last two months. <laughs> um, I still like Connor moving forward. He's obviously done well, but he's had, you know, as good of an opportunity as a 21-year-old could have through his, you know, I guess rookie season. Um, but, yeah, uh, he's playing with Matt Hendrickson and Marco Dano right now on the fourth line. So, yeah, but, you know, I think they obviously still see a lot of offensive upside in Kyle Connor's game. Um, they kept him on that first power play unit, even though they moved him down uh, to the fourth line right now. So it's going to be interesting. Uh, I can't imagine it. Re- it's just weird. Like this guy was legit playing 18 minutes a night for like the whole season, and now he's just down to 10, 12. Um, I so think yeah, they I just wanted to give Rozovich a shot. You know, give him probably. A look. But like, why did they move him all the way down to the fourth line? Uh, well, I just they love that third line, so they just like it's kind of just like the only spot they could put them. Like they Tanev, Cop, and Armia is just like never, never broken up ever. So it's kind of just like it was just like Perot. Like Perot was playing on that fourth line, and they were still very successful. Like he was putting up right. nice numbers. So you know, I think they just like to get all four lines clicking. But it obviously makes him a a, a good buy low candidate right now uh, because yeah. he was very successful with Wheeler and Shifley when Shifley was healthy. So I would only imagine that. Uh, they would put that line back together, but with you think, but who knows? Yeah, but with you know, he Rosovich is also like a natural center too. So like Wheeler's kind of moved over right. to the center position, but I think uh, Rosovich at least gives him like a kind of a, another option on that line because um, Wheeler is obviously. I think he takes Brian Little's spot in the top six by next year. Yeah, for sure. Because yeah, Little's had a bit of a rough year this year. Yeah, he's just over the hill. You know, yeah. he's he's good for a number of years. He was like, you know, right at the bottom of your fantasy roster, and he was solid. But yeah, he's over the hill. Over the hill. Over the hill. Still thirty over points in fifty games. It's not terrible. But um, no, that is. But you know, it, sorry. No, I got one more. Oh, you do? Oh, I'm sorry. Andre Case. Did I say that right? I think it's. Ca- I never know how to say I it. Just say Case. I think it's ca- like Cache or something, but. Of the Anaheim Ducks. I don't watch enough um, Anaheim games. I guess seventh round pick in the 2014 draft. 22 years old uh, has impressed this year 22 points in just 34 games 13 or just under 14 minutes of ice time per game um, possession numbers are like right around 55% really good uh, and his points per 60 at even strength he's like top 10 or top 15 in the league right now I was looking at it earlier definitely should have wrote it down but um, yeah so the just kind of my thought here is uh, he's on the top line right now and he's done really well in that role um, and I just have to kind of imagine as next year unfolds um, that he gets you know more and more playing time, gets that top six ice time, and that alone should be enough to bring his numbers up a little bit, at least with what we've seen so far. There's not a lot of red flags. Like, his shooting percentage is a little high, but again, we're talking like one or two goals at this point. It's 16, um, and is on ice. It looks fine to me. So, uh, yeah, I think he's a decent, decent uh, look, and he might be actually on the wire in a lot of keeper leagues. Um, because yeah, seventh round pick, obviously not a lot of hype around him coming into the lineup. And I think he's at like 12% owned right now. Um, so yeah, could just be a flyer and kind of pick him up right now. See how the rest of the season plays out and kind of what they're 
what their lines are looking like in the off season. And yeah, because you know if he's playing 18 minutes a night next year with Getzlav and Raquel, like he kind of is right now, it could definitely go a long way. Yeah, that's what I was gonna say. Like Randy Carlisle obviously loves him so much so that they moved Corey Perry to the fourth line just to get this kid up in the top of the lineup. So that bodes yeah, well for him crazy. for sure. He's a uh, He's a good short-term option, like if he's especially if he's available in the wire. But he's also ha- right. projects to be pretty solid uh, in in a Ducks uniform in the future. But I was a little premature on it the first time. That is gonna do it for us on episode nineteen, season three of the Daily Faceoff podcast. Be sure to head over to iTunes and subscribe if you haven't already. Leave a review. Let us know what you like. Let us know what you don't like. And obviously check out our sponsor, MyBookie.ag. If you want to, you know, start betting on hockey games, anything, if you want to bet on the Super Bowl, like I mentioned earlier, they've got you covered over at my bookie. Uh, the you, horsies, yeah, yeah. Your buddy there, he bet like fifty cents on the horsies and turned it into a hundred bucks, like on the first day. I know he did. I think they call it like a de facto or, Tri- de trifec- or trifecta. Trifecta. Someone's some horse fan is, or racing fans is going to be listening to this, just shaking their head. Yeah. But. Uh, <laughs> Yeah, you guess like one, two, three, right on a random race that he knew nothing about and made like a hundred bucks on a fifty cent bet. There you go. So that is reason enough to head over to my bookie uh, to sign up. Just because you're a DFO podcast listener, they will match your initial deposit up to fifty percent. Follow the yeah. link on dailyfaceoff.com to get that promo code. Um, you can also head over to our Twitter account at DFO Podcast, and it's pinned right at the top of the page just follow the links very easy to sign up you know i i I won money last night i did a little three game parlay um against i think mike condon hari satari and ken appleby it was just locked in easy money and the great thing the odds it was pretty good i think i turned like 20 bucks into like 75 or something like that so okay um it's pretty good uh the best thing about it though is so the second that third game ended, the money's in your account. It's great. Really? Yeah. So uh, I was able to kind of, you know, I won some money. Then I, I turned those winnings around and bet on the Rangers as well in the 1030 slot. And they ended up beating the Sharks with Andre Pavlik in net, which was awesome. Uh, that obviously is sweet. The, I mean, I guess the Sharks I guess it's no, so, yeah. hurts, but. Yeah, I, I guess it's not like DraftKings where they have to make sure all, all the stats are tallied. Exactly, yeah, the game before the call. Once the game goes, and like you can literally bet on anything. It's amazing. Like I was telling Beats, yeah. uh, for the big game, you can bet as on anything as you know as far, as much the as big game. Can we not say it? <laughs> no, we can. The Super Bowl. Um, Super Bowl. But you Come can uh, you can bet on like the coin toss, like literally anything you want. So my bookie, yeah. check it out. Uh, they're a great sponsor. Head over and like I said, just for listening to the podcast, will match your first deposit up to fifty percent. So check them out. Um, but also make sure you check out the Blue Stones. We'll head over to them now. We'll see you guys back here next week. Peace.
Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. When it comes to your finances, you think you've done it all. You've saved, you've researched, and you've invested all that you can. Now it's time to take those investments to the next level by using the brand behind every great investor, Yahoo Finance. As America's number one finance destination, Yahoo Finance has everything you need, whether you're a seasoned trader or just dipping your toes into the market. Join the millions of investors who trust Yahoo Finance to guide them on their financial journey. For comprehensive financial news and analysis, visit yahoofinance.com, the number one financial destination, yahoofinance.com.